Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com or any other places that you listen to podcasts. If you can hear my voice, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. All right, so a theme that we have done on the show from time to time, pretty much since the inception of Rock Strikes 10, is to focus on those that have left us 
for the most part that you know had an impact on me personally since it's my show whether you're a singer musician songwriter producer even you know if you had an effect on my life and you passed away uh, then you know i'd like to pay tribute to that said person so and because of the nature of these kind of shows we're talking about a lot of death here so you know talking about death definitely is a bummer but you know i try to sprinkle it with some cool songs to listen to here and you know try to you know keep the mood light so that was part of my little experiment there a little cold opening at the top of the show we played primus's jerry was a race car driver and i'll just tell you the reason i played that song uh, we're doing a lot of catch up here over people that have left us over the last year. This goes all the way back to November of last year in 2018. Now, I am not even remotely a fan of, you know, auto racing, NASCAR, that kind of stuff, but I did notice in the corner of my eye, checking the list of these obituaries, that a guy named Jerry Miller passed away last November, and Jerry was a race car driver. So, when am I ever going to get that chance again? So, hope you didn't take too much offense to my little gag there. So, I appreciate you, Jerry Miller. You know, it sounds like you lived a full life. And that's my little way of, I guess, paying tribute to you as well. And, uh, you know, having some fun with my friends and listeners of the show. So, yes, we are catching up on those that have left us. Uh, I'm going to put it to you guys out there. Uh, For right now, I've been calling this the playlist for the recently deceased. If you like that, I'll continue calling it that. I used to call it the fallen... I don't know. I feel like after a while that sounded too pretentious. I just don't know. So, you know, if you have any other suggestions, you let me know. Usually I have all the ideas, but I'm going to put it to you guys. But uh, that being said, let's just get on with the show. You know, that definitely was more of a reference uh, piece right there because I know nothing about the late Jerry Miller other than the fact that he was a race car driver and I wanted to do the joke. So when I talked about people that have affected me for the most part, which is who we pay tribute to on these particular episodes... Sometimes it can be a figure in pop culture that have zero musical talent. You know, maybe they affected my life in some other way, and I want to figure out a way to pay tribute to them musically. Obviously, the gag up front, but, you know, I'm being serious for the most part when I when I talk about these things. So there were two figures that... So there were two figures that died recently, and that's going to, you know, represent these next two entries. So... I wanted to work them in because they definitely had an effect on me, and I didn't want to let it go. Uh, So with this one right here, I'm going to pay tribute to a guy named William Goldman. And uh, if you don't know that man's name, the guy was one of the great writers uh, in, in my lifetime. Wrote some amazing novels, also wrote screenplays for movies. You know, if you just look at the first paragraph on his wiki entry, it says he wrote Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and All the President's Men, at least the screenplays for the films, and that right there is enough to get you into a Hall of Fame of some kind. Uh, But also, as a writer of literature and and fiction, he wrote uh, The Marathon Man, and also the book, and was more famously known lately as the movie that I want to talk about here. And a big fan of the movie The Princess Bride. I don't know how you can't be a fan of that film unless you don't have a pulse. Uh, But he wrote the novel for that, and he also helped it become a film, you know, helping out with getting it made into a movie. So I'm glad he did, because it's one of the great films ever. So I didn't want to let the passing of William Goldman go here, so I figured let's find a song to represent him easy enough here. The end credit song from Princess Bride is a song called Storybook Love, and it's actually sung by one of my favorite songwriters of all time. This guy, definitely unappreciated in his time. He left us about a decade ago, a guy named Willie DeVille, also of the band Mink DeVille, and uh, he sings a song here that most people know as like the love theme, basically, from the movie The Princess Bride. So here you go. It's a really cool live version of this song. Pay tribute to William Goldman. So here's Willie DeVille 
with Storybook Love.
It's okay if I move that. All right, there you go. That was Willie DeVille, the live version of Storybook Love, which, of course, will forever be associated with the Princess Bride film. So that was our way of paying tribute to the now late great William Goldman. Kind of a double tribute right there for him and Willie DeVille, because if you don't know any Willie DeVille stuff, go check it out. Ballad aside right there, the guy was uh, had some really cool songs, uh, great lyricist, kind of almost like a punk rock Tom Petty of sorts. So go uh, check his stuff out, whether it's under Willie DeVille or Mink DeVille, should definitely give him a shot. Alright, once again, trying to keep the mood light a little bit here on our death shows. This guy right here, big part of my childhood and just life in general. Definitely a pop culture icon, uh, kind of transcended out of the field he was known for. I think some people, especially during certain periods, actually would know who this guy is and associate him with the field he was involved in, even if they weren't fans. Talking about a fellow who was born legally, Eugene Arthur Okerlund. We know him affectionately as Mean Gene Okerlund. So Mean Gene passed away at the beginning of this year in January, and, uh, you know, big pro wrestling fan pretty much my whole life so mean gene was like the the hype man the guy that interviewed the guy talking about the other guy that was gonna have a match with the guy and he was just that that fodder and and mean gene perfect personality for that time as the rock and wrestling thing uh, blew up in the 80s throughout uh, mtv and otherwise places like siren at live and whatever so you, you know mean gene uh, wound up doing some beer commercials so he was he was out and about and he branched out, you know, even as a pro wrestling guy in the sense of, you know, I think some people wouldn't know who he is, like I said. Uh, but one of his, uh, I guess, kind of hidden talents for a while was the fact that he was actually a pretty decent singer. You know, nothing to really go pro about, but it's one of those things like when he went up to the mic, he would actually be able to throw down a little bit. People were like, wow, Mean Gene can actually sing a tune. So uh, whenever, it, you know, WWF and Vince McMahon at the height of the rock and wrestling boom in the mid-80s, uh, decided to put out their own album of rock music and whatnot and have all the different wrestlers sing on it. And I think Mean Gene kind of turned out to be the sleeper of that whole record, you know. So uh, how could I not pay tribute here to Mean Gene? So here's his really lighthearted, fun version of the Little Richard classic, Tutti Frutti.
There you go. Mean Gene having fun and helping us have fun right there with Tutti Frutti from the wrestling album from 1985. You can also find uh, luminaries such as the great Rowdy Rowdy Piper on there and a We Are The World-esque chorus line of the wrestlers at the time doing a ridiculous version of Land of a Thousand Dances, but I love it. All right. Moving on here. Talked about that uh, race car driver at the beginning of the show, Jerry Miller. Here's another Jerry guy named Jerry Chestnut. Now, once again, not a household name. I think so far Mean Gene is the most famous person I've talked about that people would recognize. But uh, a very good, talented songwriter that wrote a handful of songs that a lot of people will know. Uh, One of them, A Good Year for the Roses, first time I heard that song was by Elvis Costello. Uh, Some of you may know it as a George Jones song or an Alan Jackson song. It's just one of those songs that everybody in country music like to cover, or if you're a fan of country music. Now, even though he was a country guy, he wrote some songs, you know, that would cross over through country and rock, especially in the early days, like a Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff like that. But he, the reason I'm paying tribute to him here on this show is because he wrote one of my favorite, favorite, favorite Elvis songs of all time. The first time I actually heard this song was via a cover in the 90s, uh, a country music version by Travis Tritt. And I love that version, too, because uh, early 90s Travis Tritt is pretty damn good. I guess say it's pretty fun. I think Here's a Quarter Call Someone Who Cares is probably one of the most perfect country songs ever. But uh, one of his follow-up singles was this song right here, originally written for Elvis Presley. So I'm going to play Elvis's version, the original version here, and I love this. So this is for Jerry Chestnut, who uh, passed away on December 15th of 2018. This is T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Hit the skin. 
Elvis's 1975 record called Elvis Today. That was T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Easily one of my favorite, favorite Elvis songs of all time. Great stuff there. On the exact opposite polar end of style, I'm going to go over here and pay tribute to a guy who, you know, had his own musical career in his own right. Not a big fan of his most famous association, so I'm going to go kind of out on the beaten path here and pay a tribute to a guy that I definitely have respect for as a musician and a music proprietor here. Guy named Daryl Dragon. Now, that's a cool ass name there, Daryl Dragon, which is actually his birth name. His real name is Daryl Frank Dragon. For those of you who don't know that name, you might know him as the captain of the Captain and Tennille. Now, calm down, I'm not going to play any Captain and Tennille records right now. Like I said, not a big fan. You know, massive successful act there, so can't front on it. But prior to all the big success he had with the Captain and Tennille, and by the way, he also wound up like owning his own recording studio so he did well for himself he had a big recording studio out in chicago called rumbo and even i believe guns and roses did a lot of their user illusion at rumbo recordings so yeah smart guy buy up your own studio invest in it smart fucking guy so okay Back to pre-fame Daryl Dragon. So, making his living as like a session musician, songwriter kind of guy, behind the scenes guy. Uh, He winds up making friends with some of the Beach Boys. Yes, I am going to play a Beach Boys song, but this is unlike any Beach Boys song you could ever expect to hear. So, uh, Daryl especially took to Dennis Wilson, the rebel of the group, and Dennis was always struggling to get out of the shadow of Brian especially. Of course, Brian being the genius of the family, and even Carl, who wound up becoming the de facto leader of the Beach Boys after Brian kind of took off. So, Dennis being the misfit and the kid that always got disciplined as a child, you know, wanted to fit in and wanted to prove to everybody, including his brothers and his mom and dad, that he had some talent and he had something to offer. So, him and Daryl took to each other. They wrote some songs together and Daryl there uh, wound up doing some arranging and stuff like that for Dennis and really adding a lot of sophistication to his songs. Best example of this is a, a song that made it onto a Beach Boys album from 1972 called Carl and the Passion So Tough, which basically was a dead on arrival Beach Boys album because they put it out uh, without even putting the Beach Boys name on there hardly. And it seemed like a whole different act because that's how far they had fallen by then, is that they were kind of a victim of their own name. People wouldn't take their new stuff seriously and all that other stuff. It was definitely a struggle for them prior to their comeback in the 70s. But uh, Dennis and Daryl wrote this song together. It's a really beautiful ballad. It's really epic and over the top. But this is how I wanted to pay tribute to Daryl Dragon, uh, even as also a touring member of the Beach Boys for a long time. So here you go. Paying tribute to the captain here who left us at the beginning of this year in 2019. Here's a song he co-wrote with Dennis Wilson called Cuddle Up. 
night has come. Carla.
All right, there you go. Officially, that was the Beach Boys with Cuddle Up. Mostly just uh, Dennis Wilson there and Daryl Dragon. And uh, that's about as far out of a reach as anything with the name the Beach Boys under it I think you could possibly find. Even some of the weirder, more peculiar Brian Wilson originals are, are even kind of have that Beach Boys thing going on. This thing uh, is probably just something that should have been on Dennis's solo album that he would wind up doing later on. So uh, there you go. I, I enjoy that stuff. I, I think that was a beautiful song. And that was my way of paying tribute to Daryl Dragon, one of the great names also of all time. But yes, of course, once again, the captain from the Captain and Sunil. So let's lighten the mood by quite a bit, a mile for sure. Uh, after that, you definitely deserve it. Here is a twofer. I'm going to do a twofer, which I rarely do. And it's actually paying tribute to two people that recently left us that are massively tied into each other. I'll explain after the twofer, but for right now, you could use a dose of fun. So here you go. Can hold me when I hold you. You feel so right, you can't be wrong. 
Hopefully putting you back in a good mood there. That was a legit twofer for our playlist for the recently deceased. So this is really interesting, weird, whatever adjective you want to use to describe this. Very relevant that I played those two songs there for you. And back to back because it ties in with two different people uh, right before the end of 2018. Actually two days apart from each other. Two people passed away. One was Norman Gimbel. And Norman Gimbel was a songwriter and he actually wrote those two theme songs that you heard right there so he wrote all the lyrics to the theme to laverne and shirley and also happy days arguably the two most happy and positive tv theme songs ever so good stuff right there but also two days after norman gimbel left us penny marshall also left us of course penny marshall actress star of laverne and shirley award-winning film director and but of course i think most people would still know her at the end of the day as being on laverne and shirley so those two songs tie in really well to each other almost to an alarming degree but uh yeah that's what we're all about here on rock strikes 10 the craziness the contrast all that stuff and by the way, for you audiophiles out there, you probably noticed that the sound quality was bouncing all around during the Happy Days theme. Well, I got it off of YouTube. Some fan put that together and put together a full-length version of the theme song and uh, used all the original lyrics. But the only way you could do it was to take it off of different recordings. So somebody worked very hard on that. So I was really happy to play it here on the show because I'm sure not putting in that kind of time. So whoever did that out there, thank you very much. And one more thing before we move on here to the next song officially for those two songs on vocals for the Laverne and Shirley theme that was Cindy Greco and for the Happy Days theme Jimmy Haas. I did not use the Pratt McLean version. I've never liked that version because I just don't think it has the same kind of bite to it. It's always come off as a dime store version of the theme song in my opinion. That's just my opinion but wanted to play the original of course as much authenticity as humanly possible okay all right let's get into something way different 
Uh, usually country music, country and western music doesn't darken rock strikes 10 all that much. Not that it doesn't have its roots into rock and roll, but you know, just not the biggest fan. Uh, but there are certain songs that, uh, you know, I can't shake for, you know, probably more than likely stuff I grew up on as a child because I was kind of force-fed the country music by my parents, especially my mom and my sister. Uh, so, you know, there's just certain songs after a while you just kind of snicker and, and get a little bit of nostalgia whenever you hear them. This is one of those songs, and uh, why not? I mean, uh, so this guy named Whitey Schaefer, I know, great name, right? We have a competition between Daryl Dragon and Whitey Schaefer. I, yeah, this guy, uh, Whitey Schaefer, country western songwriter, not known so much as a singer, uh, you know, instead of like kind of a writer for hits. Guy was actually, according to his bio, born in Whitney, Texas, which is about a half hour from where I live uh, right now. So yeah, so this guy Whitey Schaefer, he wrote songs for George Strait and Lefty Frizzell, George Jones, anybody named George, really. Uh, but one of his biggest hits that he wrote was a song that George Strait had a massive hit with, so much that it crossed over with me. Uh, it's a fun little list song here. So uh, here you go. And then just to give you a little bit of a twist here, not going to play you George Strait's version of this. We're actually going to play it from the source. So here's the songwriter himself, Whitey Schaefer, singing one of his big signature pieces, All My Exes Live in Texas. Texas is a place I dearly love to be But all my exes live in Texas And that's why I hang my hat in Tennessee Rosanna's down in Texarkana Wanted me to push her broom Sweet Eileen's over in Abilene She forgot I hung the moon And Allison in Galveston Somehow lost her sanity Dimples who now lives in temples Got the law looking for me All my exes live in Texas Texas is a place I'd dearly love to be But all my exes live in Texas And that's why I hang my hat in Tennessee I remember that old Brazos River Where I learned to swim But it brings to mind another time Where I wore my welcome thin By transcendental meditation I go there each night But I always come back to myself Long before daylight Cause all 
live in Texas And Texas is a place I'd dearly love to be With all my exes live in Texas And that's why I hang my hat in Tennessee Some folks think I've been hiding There's a rumor that I died But I'm alive and well in Tennessee Doing a little more reading and research on this song while it was playing. Come to find out that uh, I need to do a little bit of a correction here. So not only did Whitey Schaefer write that song, but he co-wrote it with his fourth wife, Lindia. Lindia Schaefer right there. So even funnier that he wrote this song with one of his wives. Good stuff right there. All right. If If you've never heard that song, you definitely should hear it. So I figured that's why I would feature it here on Rock Strikes 10. All right. We just have a couple more to go here. And once again, shifting the pendulum way over to a completely other style. These last two, definitely uh, getting into parts of extreme music right here, like hardcore extreme music. Uh, Someone who is definitely known throughout the early punk rock days, especially in American early 80s punk rock, a woman named Lorna Doom. She was the bass player for the Germs. So now, unfortunately, we have two members of the Germs that have left us. Uh, You know, and and actually people kind of bag on it, but I do like the What We Do Is Secret movie. And Lorna comes off very well in it. And I've I've always heard she was just a pretty cool stand-up person. So, yeah, we got to pay tribute to her. And The Germs, one of the great American punk rock bands of all time. So why not here? This is for Lorna. This is for you sending you off onto the other side of the punk rock rainbow bridge you go. Uh, So here's something by The Germs. This is Manimal.
All right, there you go. Manimal by the Germs. That was dedicated to Lorna Doom. Rest in power right there. All right, moving on here. The last, last song of this evening here. Paying tribute to those who left us. Another one from My Neck of the Woods. We were talking about Whitey Schaefer earlier, who was born in Whitney. person was born and died even closer to where I am right now. Just a hop, skip, and a jump down the road in Dallas, Texas. It's a guy named Bruce Corbett. Uh, he was the lead singer for Rigor Mortis. And, man, it's been a rough year for Rigor Mortis. We lost Mike Scascia earlier in the decade. Uh, and Bruce, you know, left us uh, just here in, down in January. So, yeah, fuck cancer. That's for sure. Rigor Mortis, very important band in the Dallas metal community. And they had a decent reach out there. I mean, they must have because... I was actually living in Abilene, Texas prior to the 90s, uh, which is like three hours away, so I wasn't like locked into anything really going on in Dallas, but I did buy a cassette of the Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, the Metal Year soundtrack, and that was the first time I ever heard Rigor Mortis. Now, Rigor Mortis wasn't even featured in the film at all, Not, not that I could tell. I've seen it multiple times, but it's one of those where... You know, like the song was used somewhere in the film, I guess, because it's on the soundtrack. But, you know, the fact that they were on the soundtrack means that they uh, were heard by some people that might not have heard it before. And I was definitely one of those kids. So I'm going to play you that song that I heard on that soundtrack. It also happens to come from the first Rigor Mortis full-length, just uh, self-titled Rigor Mortis right there. And uh, another weird thing that kind of ties into me is that this uh, album was recorded where I got my uh, engineering and producing degree over at Dallas Sound Lab there, uh, even closer to where I live, about 10 minutes away. So here you go, closing off this episode. This is Rigor Mortis with Foaming at the Mouth.
All right, there you go. Closing off this episode, that was Rigor Mortis with Foaming at the Mouth from the album Rigor Mortis. That was for Bruce Corbett. I hope you turned it up loud there for Bruce. And, uh, yeah. So, man, just kind of looking back on here, not to toot my own horn too much, but, man, you you won't find more variety on any episode of Rock Strikes 10, you know, than on these death episodes here. Everything from Elvis to Rigor Mortis to Mean Gene and Willie DeVille. And it's just a it's a weird show. But I, I, I love bringing it to you here. I hope you're enjoying these. I'm going to do a whole bunch of them. Hopefully just days in a row. Maybe within the same week or two. Try to close out this decade and uh, get past it here. I'm still working on a big list for the end of the decade. So it's taking up most of my time here. But I hope you're enjoying these shows to kind of tide you over. And also hope you're enjoying the odds and ends of the decade as well. I appreciate those of you who reach out to me and also comment online that you are listening. It definitely makes it all worthwhile. And so, uh, you know, if you enjoy this show or you just happened upon it, please go to cnjradio.com. Cnjradio.com. Every episode of Rock Strikes 10. Uh, Also, every episode of Rock Strikes 10 is also on Spotify. And most of them are on Apple Podcasts. But cnjradio.com is where everything is, including all of our other bevy of podcasts here, including the flagship, the Wrestling House Show with myself and Chris, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, the Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative, The Last Theater with Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, Talking Rock with myself and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and I Am Vinyl with Pete LaRussa and myself from time to time, but definitely Pete LaRussa. Uh, yeah, so check out cnjradio.com for all of those quality podcasts. If I didn't believe in them and I didn't think they were quality, they would not be on cnjradio.com. Uh, before I get out of here, last but not least, extra special thanks to the aforementioned Pete LaRussa and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. It's the best outro in the business. Let's go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband for further information. Purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. All right, if I have it right, you'll be getting more of these episodes uh, on top of each other. Just to kind of cap off this decade, we're going to catch up on the ones that deserve those tributes and those who left us that had an impact on my life. So, uh, yeah, until then, we'll see you on the next one. Have fun.